The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is www.flashblackradio.com. I am Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the Third, and this is yet another installation of the I Am series on Flash Black Radio, Culture Shock. And today we have a long-awaited guest, long-awaited by me. I haven't done a whole bunch of public publishing, or, or you know, yeah, publishing too, but I haven't done a whole bunch of like you know press about like you know who I'm gonna have on or all good stuff, but. This particular gentleman here, I've known for it's been a while. I've known I've known this cat for a long time. And you know, I'm not gonna overly introduce as sometimes people can do. What I will say is, uh, this this individual is is uh is is uh the man in these streets. <laughs> We're gonna get into that in a little bit. <laughs> but uh he he is a community activist, he is an artist, he's he's a poet, uh he's a b-boy. He is a father. He's an educator. He is an ardent crocheter. Uh, there are many things that he is. I don't want to try to put all his definitions out there. That's for him to do, not me. But he is these things and more. He's also a good friend and a positive dude. And I just sometimes, like, you know, I just look at him like, you know, big bro looking at it a little bit. Like, yeah, I see you, bro. I see you. So all that being said, man, let me welcome to the microphone, Mr. Dwayne Lawson Brown, otherwise known as Dwayne B. The Crochet Kingpin. What up, bro? Bless up, bless up. Please, <laughs> thank you for having me, brother. Like, yo, like that. that oh, it had intro. to happen. It had to happen. It had to happen at some point because why not? You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I had, I had, you know, I, I was I was blessed to have Drew on here already. Um um, I had drawn him before, like before he actually had spoof school up and running. Though he was, Word. this is conceptually. So, like you know, I wish I had, like you know, I don't know. I, it, it is what it is. I, I can always bring him back on, but I had him on here. Uh, Thirteen Kaniki. I still have some other gets on there. I still have to get Femi on here. Ooh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know, I, I got to get my man on. Here. So, like you know, uh, I, I've had you know a lot of cool people that like you know that are actually friends on the show uh, but also doing things you know what i'm saying so you know um i wanted you on here uh because i find you to be a very interesting person and i think uh the listeners uh would would agree with me um <laughs> yeah yeah no nah, man like so I, I think i've mentioned this to you before like like the first time i met you and then like this i'm not i'm going to do way less talking i promise throughout this interview but <laughs> The first time I recall definitively meeting you, because most times I remember where I met people, mm-hmm. um, I could be mistaken in this. I think I met you and 13 and Godchild on the same night. Wow. I think. I know it was the same wow. venue. It was Spit That, the original Spit That, mm-hmm. in Java Head, hosted by Com. And yeah. um, I met you there, and, you know... Shoot! At that time, I was still teaching, so we were actually adjacent to each other and didn't know it. Yep, yeah. Because you were a student at MST, and I was a teacher at Tech World. And for those who do not know, 
Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really talk about me a lot on this podcast. But for those who do not know, I used to teach high school, and there's a there's um, a high school I taught at uh, called Tech World Public Charter School, um, and it was on the backside of Waterside Mall in Water. Southwest Washington D.C., which is no longer there now. It's been it's been yeah. it's been raised and you know gentrified properly. Oh but, yeah, uh, it's a fancy. It uh, looks not, it looks swanky over there, right? Yeah, it's cool. It's got like a that's zebra. a station. I went to I had a restaurant over there called Station Nine or whatever. They mm. used to have like the good mimosas and stuff like that. You mm. know, get the little 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 uh, the the um the the zoo. The, Whatever the the zoo like the deal off is basically like Groupon or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. Got the like little, the little the little meal. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. And on the other side of Waterside Mall, same same backside, there was WMST. So two whole ass high schools on the back of this <laughs> on this vastly underused government space because it was a it was a government building and you know EPA was in there or whatever. So yep. I, yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff that's not there anymore. There was uh, a, there was a Roy Rogers. Was there? <laughs> yeah, there was a Roy Rogers and a CVS. There was a very, very low rent CVS oh, in there man, that nobody was, was in. The most gutter bucket of yeah, CVS. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've I've been to some CVSs before that yeah. That one the only saving grace was I guess it was like daytime. I don't know. It just <laughs> it just it, it felt like something you would see. In in like you know a movie where like you know like the hero has his origin story. Oh yeah, yeah. like <laughs> insert your own thing. Like yeah, like I'm, I'm just had a really bad day and I just want to get this Advil and go home. <laughs> Shut up and give me your money, man. Like that type of stuff, like man. The the beginning of Hancock. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So anyway, um, you were a student at that time. Uh, so uh, I guess we're gonna start. Um, there. No, I don't want to do that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it a little bit differently. Spit that. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. Yo. Uh. So it's funny. The first time that I went to spit that, um, the the College Park joint joint. Mm-hmm. Um, I was invited. This had to be 2001. Um, I was invited by this really kind of like ridiculous. Uh, activist dude who was like, if the riots pop off, I'm with it, right? Super tall Irish dude, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just like, I, right, you, you telling me we should go to this open mic? Sure, I'll go. Like, let's go, <laughs> right? And I mean, I've been writing for a while. I've been like doing poetry as like part of the poetry club in high school, and you know, uh, one of my teachers, uh, Mr. Cunningham, actually took me to, uh, took me to Bar None. Uh, before I was l- l- technically supposed to be there, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, you know, got a chance to like see what the scene was in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I went to that spot. I went to to uh, the the original Java Head, and that night, this brother who I had met before and didn't realize I had met him before, he was the feature, um, and he gets up. I, I got up and did some lovelorn poem mm-hmm. about you know like there's a girl that I like and we're gonna talk about like that me. yeah we're gonna talk about that I, I I vaguely remember I don't remember what the piece was about but I do remember uh, yeah we'll talk about that yeah and uh and then uh, the feature gets up and the feature starts to set does some dope work and is like yo I don't know if this cat is gonna remember but this is for the brother in the back who did the poem earlier and he did uh. Surrogate boyfriend, um, okay. and so the feature happened to be Drew Anderson. Okay, um, so that ended up 
I believe being one of the last spit dats or the last uh, open mics that was happening at the original Java Head mm-hmm. before it moved into DC. Mm-hmm. And um, once it moved into DC, uh, my homegirl Rebecca Bishop Hall, who uh, was attending Trinity at the time, she was like, "Yo, you should come to this open mic." And I was like, "Oh, all right, cool. Like mm-hmm. it sound good." Um, right down the street from Trinity. And it had been like maybe two sessions that had happened prior. Mm-hmm. So it's like five people mm-hmm. in the in the entire venue. Mm-hmm. And I pull up and it's Drew who's hosting. I'm like, yo, like this is the world. Like mm-hmm. this is a very small place. Mm-hmm. And from then on, like I was there weekly, mm-hmm. just consistently like, yo. And like, and not just in a way of like, I want to come and get my words off. But I also want to hear and listen to everybody that's spitting and all this different perspective. And there are folks who are writing in different styles I've never heard of before. And there was a show that was performing in Pantoon. And I was like, yo, like you're repeating different lines, but not every line. And how do you do that? And there was there was such a fire that was lit um, as an audience member in Spit That. Mm-hmm. Um, that I wanted to be more of a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Drew would be running late, I would get up and do my best Drew impression and act like I was going to be the host. Be like, yo, my name is Drew Peterborough Baller and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when Java Head closed mm-hmm. um, and uh, Nat uh, suggested that we actually connect with uh, this spot called Mocha Hut, mm-hmm. uh, Drew was like, yo, like, You've been the person to hold me down when I've been late or when I wasn't able to make the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you never like like harassed or made like a big fuss or anything. Like, how do you feel about being my my co-host? Mm-hmm. Like for real. Um, and so when we moved to Mocha Hut, I became official co-host, and mm-hmm. the rest is sort of history. Um, it's been a joy. Uh, I've I've had the pleasure of working with and introducing folks that got you know, major deals and major writing and book deals and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had the pleasure of witnessing and celebrating many artists who, uh, who just needed a space to share. Mm -hmm. And that's really been worth worthwhile. Okay. So how long has, has, has uh, spit that been running first in totality? Because again, there was original host com who hosted it for a little bit. Drew picked up the torch. I don't even know if he, like, I think he just instinctively did it. I don't know how that really happened. And just people just like, all right, cool. Like, like we just, we just, we just need places to go so we can, so we can do what we do. Works. So how long has it been running and how long have you been co-hosting? So Spit That, so it's interesting, like Spit That, so there's, there was Java Head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the original Java Head, that event might've been called a side of slam um the joint that was hosted by calm um, you're right well it wasn't spit that but it was named spit that in honor of calm yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, that's what named- calm would say he would like spit that when he was he was feeling somebody he'd like spit that spit that yeah Boom. yeah yeah so okay yeah and then um and so i don't know how long that joint because I, I came in it wasn't long super tailing it wasn't that. long it wasn't long i mean because calm was calm i think he was coming down for baltimore yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like then that yeah, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, I don't think it was I don't think it was long. Yeah, I uh this is where I get foggy because, you know, like age and, and growing up. Uh I know, right? Said said to says the student to the teacher. Yeah. Um 
I, uh, 2002, uh, Java Head in Northeast DC mm-hmm. uh, opened, and I believe that is when Spit That uh, was originally born. Okay. Um, so, y'all about 20 years in. Yeah, we're, we're, we're running up on that 20. So, um, and we've had a bunch of different venues. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, the, the reason why I'm, 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 I chose to start with Spit That. Because it one, it told a couple of stories very expeditiously. It told how like I first encountered you. Mm-hmm. It told how you encountered Drew. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's very it's it's, it's very neat how that happens. Uh, <laughs> I'm just giving myself pats on the back. Somebody got to do it. Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> but um, in, in all sincerity, um, the reason why I want to start with Spit That is essentially Spit That is the longest running open mic in DC. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are literally an institution. At this point, you know what I mean. Even in the middle of uh, of a Ponderosa, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like you guys have managed because, like y'all, y'all came through with the lovely uh, uh, the thing at Woolly Mammoth. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. So the, the residency, yeah, the residency. I, I couldn't think of the word residency. Like you know, yeah, my brain, my brain, like halted right before I got to residency. Um, but I got the, the residency. I was so happy to see that too because I got the I. Before you guys published it and put it out there, mm-hmm. Woolly Mammoth did. Mm-hmm. So I got, I, I've gone to at least one thing at Woolly Mammoth before, or whatever. Um, and uh, uh, so I was already on the email list. So when I saw it, I was like, "Word!" I was like, "Okay, that's like, okay, that's that's dope." Like they, they you know, they have a residency. That means somebody wants them in the space. Mm-hmm. That means they want. So, so. Asking all this, I, I got the history, I got the background, how it's like, so t- to to you, in your words, why is Spit That so, so, so critical to not just like the DC art scene, mm-hmm. but to like the youth as well? I have my reason on it, but I would like to hear from you. I think Spit That, like, so Spit That does a few different things that you find in like cultural spaces and like uh like places that that are recognized as like cultural centers. Mm-hmm. So you think about churches, you think about like some rec centers, um you know, some museums like there's a goal of holding history um and like not being exclusive to any particular like audience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an elderly Asian family can come in and like vibe out with spit that and get an experience that they may not have ever received before. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've had that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's also a space where folks get a chance to share mm-hmm. and not necessarily feel the pressure of performance. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes like, you know, you, you get up to the open mic and everybody's been like doing their tried and true pieces. Mm-hmm. And so you feel all this pressure of like, man, I'm not even good enough to like get mm-hmm. up here and do do the thing um, where spit that folks are doing their tried and true. But folks are also bringing new pieces up. Folks are bringing up uh, pieces that are personal mm-hmm. and, uh, and and challenge the audience as well as themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, spit that spit that has the goal of being an open mic like in a truly open mic mm-hmm. and not like a you know like a it, it doesn't have you don't have to have fans to to come in and spit that if, you, if you know what i mean yeah so that that actually that actually 
you said it differently, but that encapsulates a lot of what I've noticed over the years. Um, the last time I was at Spit That was when you guys were doing the residency before the pandemic at right. Woolly Mammoth. And I like, <laughs> I think I caught you and Drew off guard, but I was like, <laughs> yo, come up here right quick. And I'm like, what? It, like, what? It, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I had a moment, like, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't understand, like, like, one, I don't, I don't communicate with Drew as much as I should. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not like there's any beef or anything like that or whatever. It's just like, you know, he runs in his lane, I run in mine or whatever. It's, it's always love when I see Drew. Um, I always consider Drew to be family. Yeah. It's just like, you know, just like I be in my own head a lot of time and it'd be that. And like, you know, he's definitely doing his artistry type stuff or whatever, whatever. But when we see each other, it's like, to me, it's always love, right? Yeah. But- there's such a level of pride because like he and I cut our teeth at the same institution. Like, mm. you know, we came up at Howard when there was no poetry scene. Like mm. people got mm. interested in poetry once Love Jones came out. Then all of a sudden people wanted to start doing all these open mics and like love, love open mics and candles and incense. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like we would we would we would do open mics where it's like literally like we were the only people in the audience were the the people who were actually performing. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I'm gonna do some name shout outs. Um later on it was Olu. Word, um, yeah. Olu Burrell. But um early on it was like me, it was Drew, Brandy Forte. Word. Um uh uh um uh, Falona, uh Flo Brown was there. Uh she later became and she started like performing with like the roots and stuff like that. So that mm -hmm. was super ill one time. I went to like 9 30 club. And like, I see like Flo step out next to Black Thought. I'm like, yo! <laughs> like that's uh, so it's just like it's one of those things where you see your people doing Something like it's not just they doing something, but they're doing something that is actually, you know, it means something because like for me when I look at when I look at Spit That, it is a place where people can come and cut their teeth. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It is a place where like young people could come and they can do their thing and they could just be young. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. as an older cat, you know and I'm saying everything doesn't resonate with me, but the energy does. You know what I'm saying? There's a uh, yes. there, there's a genuine enthusiasm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not quite where like Mama D is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with with regards to being an audience member or not, whatever. But that same level of support that she came and did. You know what I'm saying? When she would come out to venues or whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, you got to do that. You got to encourage them because like they're going to be some diamonds in the rough that just need that love and that space and that encouragement to find themselves in the words. Show sure enough. You know like, what I'm saying? I I was one of those like diamonds in the rough. You know? Yeah. Um, it it be like that, yo. So that that's that's the question I'm gonna ask you. Like, when was the first time you you put pen and pan put pen and pan pen put pen <laughs> in hand to write? Uh, like not put Ooh. pen and pan, but well, yeah. well, like, do you do you remember that? I, I know how old I was. I started cooking with the ink. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I remember writing or trying to write things at like three. Oh, okay. And it was like I was not expecting that. It was like. It, there were no real words. Like, it's mm -hmm. an all gibberish, nonsense scribbles. Mm -hmm. But I, in my head, I knew I was writing letters to my dad. Because mm -hmm. um, I was like, you know, my dad left when I was three. Mm -hmm. And I I dealt with that, like, through uh, through just writing and trying to process and understand, mm -hmm. right? And you, you don't think that kids get it um, or are trying to get it at that age, but, you know. Uh, it does happen, mm -hmm. and so that's where that's where it really started. 
Um, I started writing poems and really like being, uh, you know, the the angsty poet kid mm-hmm. in about eighth or ninth grade. Mm-hmm. In fact, eighth grade um, English class, we got an assignment to like write about like anything. Like they were like, choose a thing and write about that. Mm-hmm. And I wrote about a video game uh, that I was playing, uh, Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really crappy poem. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was important and, and worthwhile and valid because it started me on the track that led to me, led me to where I am now. Interesting. Okay. All right. Cool. So, like, rewinding back to the point where uh, I first encountered you as a poet. Right. I remember you had on really baggy jeans. Like yeah, really, but, they, like they were really. I want to say they were really baggy black, wide leg jeans, pants, yes. uh, and you had like a like a long chain, like attached yep. to them. Uh, and like I remember, I was like, like, because you looked. I could tell you were young, but you still look older than you were. And I'm saying, and at that time, I probably looked younger than you, even though I was older than, because <laughs> I just had like the, like I just I just could not shake my baby face in my 20s, yo. Uh, it was just no, it was, it was just no getting around it. But um, and I had I, a full goatee at 14, so. so I was confused. I was like, okay, this dude sound like Q-tip, and he favors Prodigy. He looks kind of gangster, and then he got up on stage. And did this lovelorn piece, like, yo, like, I'm falling apart over you. And, like, this, like, like I don't remember exactly what it was. Oh but I was, like, I was, I remember feeling so confused this all. Like, that was not at all what I was expecting. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, and, it, like, because, like, that particular poetry venue was not my regular haunt. I had, I went there probably between five and ten times. Which, you know, because it's out of the way. It was, it was irregular. It was, it, it was trying to be a regular open mic, but. Yeah, it had to try to get traction. It was on a very predominantly white campus in University of Maryland. Oh yeah. Uh, so trying to get like you know like people to come in and like not only like support the venue but also like you know pay attention to the words. You know what I'm saying? I was at the stage where I was like hitting like five six venues in a week, easy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If there was an open mic, I was trying to make it. Then only one I didn't try to frequent was Bar None. It's Word. another story. Uh, yeah, I was about to say that's yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's there's another story. I probably don't even have to tell you the story because <laughs> you've been on the scene. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so that being said, um, yeah, I, I had no i I had no idea how like how innocuous. I like you know like it's funny like even now when I see a Godchild, Godchild does not recognize me. Wow. And like it's like, it's, it's like he's always like yeah yeah how you doing? I, I talk to him like hey what's going on like and he's he's always polite but he never remembers. <laughs> It's just like damn, like dude, we've been doing poetry in the same venues. I mean, I know you're from another state, but I'm like, damn, like bro, you don't remember me at all. But like, mm-hmm. so, but like the fact that 13 became a staple in the, you know, on the scene, mm-hmm. we are cool. The stack, the fact that you became a staple on the scene, we are cool. It's just funny how like you know, just something like writing poetry and seeing the sincere like commitment to it. Cause everybody's on different levels when when they first jumping on the scene. Like mm-hmm. um, Sir Reigns was like ahead of the oh game. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like like he was like uh, we met at a at a, a venue, Gallery Four Hundred Nine in Baltimore, 
and talking to Sir, and well, we were like, we had met each other. We literally were in the back geeking out off each other's words. And like I'm saying, like he had my book, I had his. He's like, yo, you said this, oh, that's fire. Like, oh, I was looking at his, like, yo, that's hot, blah, blah, blah. Was like, it, 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 was, it, was, it was a fun moment, but also looking at like, this kid is only 18, he's writing like this. Mm-hmm. I was not writing like this at 18. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's amazing how over time you've, manage to stay in it though because a lot of times you you, you kind of like not necessarily grow out of it mm-hmm. but it, it it's definitely I, I i noticed there were cycles yeah you know what i'm saying and like technically i'm like second generation right because right. before that there's the original heads there was like you know like poem seeds when they were like generation mm-hmm. 2000 there's like dub mm-hmm. and those cats whatever so i'm not part of that class right, right. and i came in like after that and like, you know, by that time these cats are actually like, you know, like laying down tracks and like putting out music and like doing doing the thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like different class, right? Yeah. Um, but you notice that there's cycles. For sure. And then I noticed like on the third cycle, I said, okay, I think this is a good time for me to jump off. Cause I'm I'm just doing my mind is in other places. I'm doing other things. My life is just in other places. Word. And but you managed to stay connected. So how do you Manage is, is it the spot because it's forever young at Spit Tech? Does that help yeah. you stay renewed or like because um, you can't get old being at Spit That? Spit That definitely helps me stay like spry, um, and, and young and with 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 the energy and the vibe. Mm-hmm. Also, my work at Metro Teen Aid slash Real Talk DC slash Whitman Walker Health, mm-hmm. um, like doing all of the, the youth development work on that side mm-hmm. kept me like connected to the youth in that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when when you came on the scene um, in that like second generation, I technically, I don't know where I fit. I feel like I'm in between generations. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely like I, I hit the scene getting to know and like being a part of this mm-hmm. vibe and energy with like 13 and uh, Jason Reynolds mm-hmm. as an open mic. Who I've never did. met. That's wild. I've never met. I've like, like I've never met Jay. I've heard people talk about it and I know we've been in the same spots, whatever. It's just like, I might've seen him like coming off a of mic. Where? You know what I'm saying? And like, and I, I'm personally really weird. A lot of times I'm really in my head until I do a piece. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of anxiety about what I'm going to do Word. before I get on. So, uh, but yeah, I've never, I've never met Jason Reynolds. That's funny. Cause like yeah. I'm, I can almost, so I turned 21 at spit that mm-hmm. and it was filmed and I'm pretty sure both of y'all were there. Okay. Like in the same room. I, I can believe it. I can um, totally believe it. I, even though I don't know Jason Reynolds when like, you know, like, uh, I was looking for his name on the cell phone. In, mm, um, in, yeah. in, in, in into the Spider Verse, and like you know, what I'm saying yeah. I was that was big. Like I don't I don't know Jason, but at the same time, I felt like his wins are my wins. The fact that he was writing on Spider Man, I was a Spider Man fan coming up. Yeah, I thought that was dope. I was like, yeah, I want to I want to be like him when I grow up. Although he's younger, like yeah. And that's one of those things. Yeah, that, that's sort of the gift of spit that mm-hmm. like. Um, it, being part of that in between generation, mm-hmm. the generation that followed like had Candace Elo. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, Liz Acevedo, mm-hmm. um, or that might even be another cycle after Candace. Mm-hmm. You know, like and so thinking about like, wow, I I feel like I've stayed connected and involved in the scene because it keeps me fed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, not in a monetary way, mm-hmm. you know. Like, Definitely not that. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Um, <laughs> There's a limited um, uh, sphere of influence on that, but it's 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 good though. Yeah. It, it feeds it feeds the spirit. Yeah, it does. Like I, I get to I get to feel like worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And there are artists who like tell me and talk to me about how I influence them um, as somebody who can like take chances in writing and not always feel like they have to perform. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's my biggest influence on the scene for real mm-hmm. is. Creating a space where folks don't feel like they have to be the most practiced or uh, I won't say practiced. I feel like practice is important and it's necessary, mm-hmm. um, but you don't have to be polished, polished. Yeah. yeah. Like you can bring the uncut gym mm-hmm. and that gym is still worthwhile. Mm-hmm. That gym is still a gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that's part of part of my influence on the scene is creating a space where folks can feel like they can do more of a page poem um, or, you know, what they may consider a page poem um, in a in a space where, you know, folks are performing and rocking. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we're going to we're going to do a, like a, a little bit of a soft transition because like what well, like I, I one of the, the through lines through this interview I'm seeing already is, is definitely there. There's a level of a. Uh, of commitment that you have to like, you know, things that you're passionate about. So another thing that you're passionate about uh, and you were like, feels like you've been dealing with this f- about as long as I've known you was Metro Teen AIDS. Oh yeah. You're yeah. like, you were like, you were like, like <sighs> you were doing Metro Teen AIDS when it was like AIDS and HIV, HIV AIDS was still a bit of a taboo. Like it's not like, it's still a thing, but people don't really talk about it. Like, like it was like, you know what I'm saying? I remember when Magic Johnson, you know, came out and said like, yo, I've got HIV and I got to retire after the season and all that good stuff, whatever. I remember seeing him in the Capitol Center. I'm telling my age, I don't give a fuck though. Uh, but I see him in the Capitol Center and like playing against the bullets yeah. um, before he retired or whatever. Um, uh, my godfather actually took me to go see that game. Um, so that was really cool. Um it's not like it was, but it's still obviously very like serious, and it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. And you know, we, the, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know Miss Mary Bowman. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, I know she was loved and treasured by everybody who knew her. Oh yeah. And I could feel through y'all how special she was. So um, yeah. It, it's it's still it's still a thing. You know what I'm saying, and it still has it still has a heavy toll, and you have to keep people mindful of it. And that work is it can be tiring. So you started at such a young age. What got you into that, and what kept you there? Ha. Um, so what got me into to HIV prevention and and uh, youth youth education? Mm-hmm. It was a girl. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I just started at WMST, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anybody. I transferred from Eastern High School, okay. where I was like. Cutting, cutting class all the time, hanging out with my rap friends, mm-hmm. um, being, being, a, doing hood rat things with my hood rat friends, and spitting bars. Hilarious. Um, that's exactly hilarious. What I, like, I, was, I like to do hood rat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, to smoke lit cigarettes. Okay, uh, that's definitely what was happening. No good. And um, and there was a young lady who I think the second day of school she was like, oh. You should come with me to this spot called Freestyle. 
Um, and I had seen the sign before for the building, but mm. never went in because I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know them. I ain't going to go in there. Mm-hmm. And so follows girl in mm-hmm. and she uh, she's like, oh, you should get to know Jason and like Lamar. And so that first day they were doing interviews for their peer education program called the New School Activists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, shout out to Cassandra. Um, the whole idea was we're going to have young people who are poets and singers and rappers, and they're going to perform about healthy attitudes. So it wasn't even about HIV at that point yet because mm-hmm. um, it was so taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's had to be 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, uh, I, I interview. I get hired, and mm-hmm. it's my first like job outside of like summer youth employment, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh word, okay. But you're cool. still and I'm a kid. Though. I was like 16. Yeah, that's ill. And yeah. um, and it was wild. Like you know, every day after school, I go there and I write a little bit, and they're like, okay, we're gonna go out and we're gonna do a street performance, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, I'll never forget my first time performing on like a major stage. They booked us. Uh, they booked the new school activists to come up to Princeton and perform. <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, like what? We doing a college? That's wild. That's insane. <laughs> I'll and never so, do anything this big. This yeah. is it, right. You know, like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm like 16, 17. And we go up there, 500 students from like all across New Jersey mm-hmm. are packed into this space. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right. And they just introduced us and we started doing stuff mm-hmm. and the crowd went bananas. Um, and it, it, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like there is worth in the poetry and there's worth in the health education. Mm-hmm. And m- my career has been married in that way mm-hmm. the entire time. Which is like, that. that's what I was saying. It feels like as long as I've known you, you've been, and like, I was always like, how are you get? I'm very interested to see how people at a young. I think that's the best time to do it is when you're young. But mm-hmm. like, how at a young age you get locked into certain things. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I don't want to go on too many tangents, or whatever. But I was, I was, I had always been kind of like you know curious about that. But at the same time, it's like you know I don't, I don't know if I'm like touching on taboo ground, asking certain questions, yeah, whatever. Nah. And which go is ahead. weird as long as we've known each other. But at the same time, it's just like. Like yeah, some people's stories, some people's stories. So I'm just like yeah, but oh yeah, if if there's something that I can't share, I'll I'll say oh yeah, nah, I probably <laughs> yeah, I got you, I got um, you. I'll plead the fifth. Yeah, so so Metro Teen AIDS, mm-hmm. real talk DC, like like what it what what in what capacity did you serve over your tenure with these Ooh. these organizations? I I know you had to have like moved up in the ranks with Metro Teen AIDS because yeah. at some point I feel like you were coordinating things and making things. Yeah. Making things a go. So I started as a peer educator mm-hmm. um, and then became, I, I, it was almost like an internship role where I was doing data entry for like a year. Um, I then got hired full time as a health educator mm-hmm. uh, to do uh, HIV 101s and workshops within schools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you go into a school and it's like 20, teenagers who are like a year younger than you mm-hmm. and in some cases older than me mm-hmm. and uh and they're like uh what you know about sex mind you i was a whole ass virgin at the time mm-hmm. so it was just like you know 
well, I know that if you do this, you might catch this and mm-hmm. hear these pictures mm-hmm. and hear these condoms. And they're like, oh, you, you, wow, you pulling out condoms. It's like, yeah, because what you going to do? If you really out here getting it, then, yeah. you know, you want to make sure. And that's yeah. when they would re- receive it, when they'd be like, oh, okay, all yeah. right, I see you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, I eventually moved up to, oh, man. Uh, So in 2000, I started coordinating uh, activities and some small-scale events. Mm -hmm. I came up with an event called uh, Floetic Fridays. Mm -hmm. And so Floetic Fridays, this was like 2003, Mm -hmm. um, it was my effort to have an open mic that felt like spit that, but for an even younger age, Mm -hmm. where folks would like, you know, because I always, I I was like the youngest or like maybe the second youngest person in spit that in on most ca- occasions at that time. Yeah, I remember as you, Rebecca Bishop Paul, and the Taza were the yep. were the regulars. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I I'm pretty sure I've given one or all three of y'all rides home at some point. Absolutely, <laughs> and still gracious. <laughs> I had to make sure oh, that was another thing because I was like, they mad yo to be this damn spot, like yo, because like, we would get out like late, like it'd be like yeah, we got like, we gotta go to work in the morning, but we it's like one o'clock in the morning, like hey, we still here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was that was that was the the beginning of what would have been my college uh, time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in college, and I was. Uh, Working for Metro Teen Aids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, like during that time, created Floetic Fridays and Floetic Fridays continues on. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually expanded uh, that event um, to two different, uh, two different Fridays mm-hmm. uh, with four different hosts. Um, and so that is, I feel like that's got to be the youngest, the, like the longest running youth open mic in the district. Okay. Um, oh, oh, like so like, stunt, like, like, like I, got, I got number one and two. Like, <laughs> you know? Holla so at you, me. Okay, things all right. Are, things, are, things are thinking, you dig? That's what's up. That's what's up. And also, while we talking about the hosting duties, we might as well also, like, because I don't want to get off of the Metro Teenage and Real Talk DC just yet, yeah. but we also want to throw out, like, you know, you know Bus boys out there, too. You doing anything oh, yeah. with that, too? Uh, yep. Still still uh, host captain at a 450K holding it down. Um, I'm not doing any of the digital hosting, mm-hmm. um, but the anytime that there's like a, 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 a physical hosting sort of opportunity, um, they definitely call in, call in your boy mm-hmm. and be like, yo, Dwayne, like, are you available? Blah, blah, blah. You, you, so. you and Drew, and I don't, and I, and that's one of the things I was saying when I like, I, I was making sure I gave you y'all roses for people Word. to understand. Honor. Like, you know, the last time I was at, when I was at Willie Mammoth, y'all are really good hosts, man. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it, it, they're, they're, I've, I've come across a lot of hosts or whatever. I thought Raquel was a dope host. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I've come across a lot of like good hosts, come across a lot of great hosts, whatever. Y'all are like upper echelon because y'all make people feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's very important because there's a lot of times, like, you know, it's like one thing that Raquel used to do, whatever, and people like a lot of virgins would come to the mic. He's like, oh, and this is their first time being, they are virgin. And everybody was like, we're going to have relations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like one of those things that lo- loosen people up a little bit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was that that energy of making people feel comfortable because, like, when you're doing poetry, especially when you're an actual poet, you're mm-hmm. not there for the attention. Like, this is what you like feel and. It, it you're you're bearing yourself in in front of like strangers. It's like you're you're literally like stripping yourself naked and just standing in front of people and letting people know who you are. And that's scary as hell. Hell yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I, in a poem, I said uh, we rip open scabs 
and like expect you to to support our wounds or like like you're marveling at the magic of our pain mm-hmm. um and so there's there's there needs to be as a host someone who can navigate that and like try to balance out the energy to so that folks feel comfortable mm-hmm. um being vulnerable um and and have a certain level of safety mm-hmm. um i feel like there's no such thing as a safe space but uh, the host can help be a salve in a in a real rough situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you never know. Yeah, you never know. So oof, like, oof. I, yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like your work has helped and in, in, inform you as an artist, but also as a host. And the the, the, the two have been a a, a weird, uh, uh, but really like, for lack of better terms, poetic. combination that that's made you like a very unique uh even a commodity you know what i'm saying because like people obviously for busboys like yo there there are certain hosts that i know are gonna work you know what i'm saying when when things open back up i know they're gonna reach out to two yeah because two is really good at what she does you know what i'm saying they're gonna reach out to you they reach out to slim slim's good at what he does oh for sure you know what i'm (laughs) saying you know it it, they're they're just people that they're gonna reach out to right yes indeed um and that's not to be taken lightly so you recently transitioned like as in very recently transitioned from you know over over 20 years bro How's that feel? So, what, 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 it, it just felt like time. You said you wanted to give like the new blood a chance to just yeah. There, so uh, a few things happened. Um, so with the pandemic um, and with uh, so the pandemic had a lot of different effects on a lot of different people, mm-hmm. um, and there were some residual effects um, for me and my family. Um, it is not necessarily my story to tell mm-hmm. on uh, the particular person and what was going on, mm-hmm. but um, I felt like I needed to to take some more time to be a the best uh, person that I could be for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took a step back from hosting the weekly Thursday open mics, mm-hmm. um, but still like write the grants and mm-hmm. uh and host the monthly spit that residencies mm-hmm. um and even more recently um i've actually left public health um it left i i use left in a very loose term mm-hmm. um because i just stepped into a position with the Anacost- the smithsonian anacostia community museum mm-hmm. um as an experienced developer mm-hmm. so uh doing a lot of the same type of community-based um, and community-driven work to amplify voices, mm-hmm. but having a, a wider reach beyond uh, 13 to 24-year-olds and beyond uh, sexual and reproductive health um, and really stepping into what does it look like for a healthy and uh, how do we how do we document the history of Ward 7 and 8? Um, as well as overall DC, mm-hmm. and how do we do that in the healthiest, most equitable way? Um, and that's really that's really where where I've stepped up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still love all of the Metro Teenage family and mm-hmm. all the youth that I work with. Um, I'm my the youth that I worked with are now stepping into these positions. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 24 when I came back to Metro Teenage after serving um, serving with City Year. And I was also 24 when my son was born. Mm-hmm. And 
now some of the youth that I worked with at that time are 24 and looking for their first like career gig. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is my pleasure to create that space for them to step in and mm-hmm. grow and become the, the great people that they already are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like now I'm at the museum and I get to open up doors and I, my whole thing is hold the door open. Right. Mm-hmm. Whoever whoever's going to step through, they're going to step through with me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm, I'm holding the door open. I held the door open for a bunch of folks uh, for Floetics. Mm-hmm. And now uh, I'm looking forward to holding the door open for folks to get in with the Smithsonian as well. OK, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right. One color kaleidoscope. Woo. <laughs> Tell us about it. That that is a that. That is a book that was 20 years in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, so One Color Kaleidoscope is my first like bound book book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I released five chat books. Mm-hmm. Um, basic, like chat books, for those who may not know, they're like, they can be uh, home, homemade sort of like, these are the poems. This is what I got. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, don't go, they don't always go through like a major publisher or anything like that. Um, one color, the kaleidoscope was a labor of love that was crowdfunded. So shout out to everybody that, uh, supported in, in my Indiegogo. Um, it is five chapters of, uh, poetry written by me, uh, over the course of the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're themed around, uh, color me this or color me that. So like color me artist, color me human, mm-hmm. um, things along those lines. And yeah, the the title, One Color Kaleidoscope, I think of humanity as the One Color Kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, we are many different shades of the same human. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of what I speak toward in the book, um, while they are coming from a very black space, a very African American Washington D.C. space. Mm-hmm. Um, they also speak to the humanity in all of us. Um, at least that was the goal, and that's some of what I've received. Okay. Twenty years is a long time. Yeah, buddy. How how long did it take for you to feel like okay, it's ready? Because like like as somebody you know, you can overthink things. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, when you when you're when you when you release something you know you want it to be a particular way, you have a set vision for something and or an idea at least. Mm-hmm. The idea of what it is. How did you know when it was like, okay, this is this is this is the order, this is the number, you know what I'm saying? This is the font. This is how you know, because it's 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 yeah. not just putting words on a page, it's it's you're creating an experience. So when it, I had a really dope interview that I'm gonna point out to you when it comes out, um uh, a, a poet named Tiana Bruce. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, she's super. She's super hilarious, super dope. <laughs> but when I tell you, she got some more. I actually, I will show you her book uh, before we leave. I'll just let you read a couple because, like, right. when I tell you, I can't. I find it. So I'm gonna share a little secret. While I will support local artists, especially local artists that I that I rocks with, mm-hmm. I don't always read the work. Word. Uh, because I have this weird thing about not wanting to let other people's stuff influence mine. Word. But also it's just like, I don't know, there are, there are a lot of things to it. You know what I'm saying? But like when I got this, it's like I have every intention of reading this, every single poem. 
I haven't read the whole thing. I have opened it. I have read several pieces. There are a couple of pieces in here I want. I think I want to discuss. There's one in particular towards the front I thought was hilarious, <laughs> uh, and I want to talk to talk about that one. I know for sure. Um, you, there are certain people that that have that level. Like I, I gotta read what they wrote. Like you know what I'm right. saying. Like Drew, I felt like I knew Drew stuff because like especially when he did feel no way. That like, oh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like feel no way, like, bro, bro. Like 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 I said, we came up. You know, like so, like I know this piece right here. I I can I can probably say this off the top of my head right now. I know this piece. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but there's certain people like when I see they okay, I gotta check their check their stuff out. But I owe you a book review, brother. This is when I tell you this is uh uh it is is wild because it's just like I understand. I think it's evident that based upon the conversation we've been having, I understand that you are a grown ass dude, but there's still a part of me that still sees you. Like I just remember, like when I met you, whatever. Like ah, oh, he's he's come such a long way or whatever, because it's like it felt like you were in a shell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like yo, you are so your personality is so much more open now than when I first met you. You just, you just kind of like you were very reserved. And not not saying that you like be like you know doing too much or whatever because you don't. You're a very cool cat, but. You know what I'm saying, but your your personality is just so much more open and and like welcoming now. Mm. You know what I'm saying. So it's just kind of like you know, it's just like reading the words, whatever. I see both Dwayne's. I still Where? see that that like you know that like you know that person who's still like you know contending with things and like you know trying to like suss through things. Mm-hmm. And I see like you know like like the like the the the, the personality. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so, it, it's 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 interesting. In fact. When I was reading the foreword, I was like, "This is Drew." Before we even got to the yeah. end of it, I was, like, I was like, "I could tell by the way, that this is Drew." Like, you know what I'm oh, saying? It's like, yeah, this this is totally his his style of writing. I started reading it in his cadence with his voice, <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, this is Drew right here," and yeah. which is dope. When you could just read something and you could just know who it is, mm-hmm. that is that that in and of itself means that your voice is your voice. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't. I, I'm not trying to, um, but I don't know if people could do that with mine. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, like, so this, it's really cool that you know, right. you know what I'm saying. I could, so it's, it's really cool finding your voice in this. How long though? How long did it take Woo. for you to? Because again, this is 20 years. Mm-hmm. This is not no fly by night. You've been doing this for a long time. People have asked you. We've had conversations. Yep. Like, yo, what's what's up with the? You know what I'm saying. We've talked about these type of things over the years. Honestly. The 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 truth is, I was I wasn't ready to drop it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to have something to show to my son, like mm. that's really what it was. Mm. Um, okay, because like, uh, not to go super deep into everything, but like, uh, when my co-parent and I separated, um, there were big discussions, like you know, around like you spend so much time in poetry and blah blah blah, blah and this that and the third, and like there was just so much like energy and animosity around like uh who I am as an artist and like I started questioning well like is all of this worth it? What mm-hmm. do I have to show? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, yes, um there there are folks that at that time I did not always feel like the the like I was who I am. You mm-hmm. know, like I didn't feel like I had a legacy in poetry quite yet. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like all of the, you know, like confidence comes and goes. And so that feeling of, you know, being unsure of yourself as an artist mm-hmm. is a very real thing that even your seasoned 
like rah rah siskum bob and rocking this forever artists we we all feel that mm-hmm. um and so when when it came time to just stick a, a stick a flag in the ground and say i'm going to release the book i'm committing to making this happen mm-hmm. um all the poems weren't written mm-hmm. and you know, I, I sat on the book for like three years before sending it to the folks who, who were my editors. Shout out to Luna the Poet and Drew. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I, I sat on it for, for three years before even sending them the poems and being like, hey, like, take pull out the red pins and like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I had this fear and like that imposter syndrome of like, Am I really worth it? Is this really worth it? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and the the final the final decision was I want to have something that Darius can look at and say, my dad did this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and now he he's able to like read through it and appreciate. <laughs> and, he's of the age where he can like really appreciate. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot in there that like you know for because he's about to be 13 mm-hmm. and he's a little angsty gamer kid like mm-hmm. he's he's my son um and so there's a lot that i wrote around that time frame when i was like little angsty Dwayne. Mm-hmm. uh i i want to come out of my shell but i don't really know how to come out of my shell mm-hmm. you know how do i talk about all of that there's a lot of that in one color kaleidoscope and mm-hmm. there's like i i peep him every now and then he he'll act like he don't really bang with it mm-hmm. but then i'll see him like Sitting down at the table and like thumbing through, and I'd be like, ah, okay, mm-hmm. I see, I see where you're at. See, and the wild part is he gets to know his father. Like a lot of kids don't get to know their their parents because mm. the, the, I think something that happened, a, a awareness that happened very recently for me was, um, you know, I I know my father and my mother, and, and like my my mother in particular, I knew more about her childhood. Word. So I have a better understanding of who my mother was and why she why she is the woman she is, right? What? My father don't really I didn't really know much about his childhood. I'd heard things here and there, but nothing from him. He never had the like, hey son, let me tell you about this time. I you know there was not nothing about conveying like who he was before he was my dad. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like it's it's kind of cool when like you know because at the end of the day like Darius will be able to see like yo my dad is like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, so speaking of coming out your shell, like, can, can he can he see you in Mario Kart yet, or is he still needs to, he still needs to he still needs to do some workshop? So he can't see me in Mario Kart, but, but you can't yo, see him in Fortnite though, can you? Yo, smack! I, I can't. See, so he taught me how to play Fortnite, mm-hmm. and now I'm jiding. I'm all right. I'm jiding mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. I got I got a win on the first day of this new season. I was like, all right, I'm doing my thing, but okay. he still he still body me mm-hmm. in Smash though. He yo. No, he roughs you in Smash Bros. Yo, he's a monster, Joe. Okay. Like, I don't even young. <laughs> I be I, <sighs> I get mad, yo. <laughs> like, like okay. because he bodies me. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So I used to be really good at fighting games. The only fighting game that I was not like really good at was like Street Fighter. Mm, like the mm. the half circles and the the you know I just I couldn't get the motions out fluently on the joystick or whatever yeah. or on the control pad, but like you know if you talking about like you know back back forward okay I can do that that's Mortal uh, Kombat yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you were talking about like so like all those other fighting games like even Street Fighter Overtime was a Marvel versus Capcom it's like yeah. I had to start getting better at that yeah. right but 
Yeah, okay. I was, I was just, I was just curious what the young boy's skills is like because I, I know that yeah, it's, a, it's a different, it's a different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, just, just completely, just off the, off the beaten path here. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Streets of Rage last year. Ooh, on on uh like the the download that they have on PlayStation, mm-hmm. so it's basically like you know they updated it so the graphics look a little sexier. But yeah, like Streets you know, of Rage Four, Jane. But when I tell you like the the um the mechanics though, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I was so nice at it when it came out on Genesis. Mm-hmm. I was I beat that game so I I struggled so badly playing that game because like, it's it's slower. It's it's, it's it's like like the like the, the everything is like slower. And you have to like you, your your mind is moving faster than with the sticks and you know the sticks are moving fast is is weird so yeah there's some slight tweaks on that um what's what's it's dope? not like the old game because I played the old game too yeah you know what I'm saying they have one where you can play the old game so mm-hmm. I played that too and also like old Ninja Turtles arcade joint oh, all that yeah. stuff is super like like I used to be good at this what what's <laughs> what's wild is so. Keep playing Streets of Rage Four because mm-hmm. you unlock the older characters. Yeah, and they I've done play that. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I was like. Mm, mm. Word. No. Nope. Ah, okay. <laughs> nope. Okay. No. Nope. 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 Uh, okay. All right. So um, I'm going to ask you uh, very quickly because this is a, it's a short piece and we're running up against time. I, I but um, there's a, there's a piece right towards the beginning that I thought was freaking hilarious and I was like, this is very much. Dwayne, <laughs> this is very much Dwayne. Um, I don't even remember which page it was on. It was, um, it was the one about the trench coat. Oh, uh, how how yeah. to flash? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a poem that very rarely anyone ever mentions. Like, ah, yes, Lee, yes. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, yeah. when I read it, I was like, this, <laughs> that, 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 that's 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 Dwayne. Like you, you. I noticed that that you've done a lot of poems where you like, like you literally give instructions in your poems. Oh yeah. Like yeah, like how to do da 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 one da 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 two. Like so, I was just like yeah. But uh, do you want to do the poem and then like explain it or explain it and then do the poem? Uh, Either I'll, way, you got to give like a little bit of background. I'm, I'll do the I'll do the poem and then uh, and then explain it. Great choice. Uh, <laughs> great choice. Yeah. Um, let me get to the page. All right. How to Flash. Wear a trench coat. When you have your captive audience, open it with the intensity of single mothers opening child support checks or hungry children opening cabinets. Thrust hips forward. Shine like tender heart bear in full care bear stare. Most will initially be in shock, especially the children. Some will be aroused. Most will wish they had your courage. In this moment, you are truly free. All right. So, <laughs> explaining that poem, I actually did a photo shoot um, with uh, Kuroji into. I remember, like, um, yeah, I didn't. I did not go to that because I just, I don't, want, I don't want to see <laughs> you, you, you knew too many in that poets yeah, that were just, involved in that. Yeah, too. I was it like, that, that would be uncomfortable me. for me. But please explain what I'm talking about. Like, um, so it was a a, a series called Unbound, mm-hmm. uh, where poets uh, who are normally bound by clothing and their books are normally bound by glue or spiral or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought us into these wooded areas where we would be one with nature, mm-hmm. uh, be nude, and uh, he would take like artistic, like dope flicks. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's wild. My nobody was in the park. Mm-hmm. 
And then everyone was in the park. And it was just, it was, I I took off my trench coat mm-hmm. to hop into the very cold water. Mm-hmm. And a bike comes riding by. Mm-hmm. And then a series of other bikes come riding by. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a dad, mom, and then two younger children. Mm-hmm. And they were pulling a like a little, little carriage drink with okay. another and uh, I was like and I, I'm not making that up uh-huh, at all uh-huh. like this is all fact you can fact check it with Kuroji mm-hmm. and Terrell because like cats were there mm-hmm. and oh my gosh I, I was just like what is well here we are mm-hmm. um, and in that moment I felt like real nervous but also like well I'm already out here mm-hmm. like might as well give everybody a show and mm-hmm. like we started like I started playing in the water and like that's when the photos really started like popping off mm-hmm. and I kind of I felt free mm-hmm. um so I, it wasn't necessarily about like being a, a crazy flasher um, I, I, I didn't think it was <laughs> because again um, I know you but there's 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 a lot of whimsy uh, in, in your pieces even the ones that are kind of like ooh that's kind of that's a, you have some some of your poetry, and that I think poetry is supposed to be this way. Sometimes you have to sit with it. You have to pause after you read it. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying you have pieces like that, whatever. Which is why also another reason why I don't read is uh, my my eyes are not as not cooperating with me these days. So they're not as good as they used <laughs> to be when I try to read. Uh, but um, yeah, you there, there are pieces, whatever. Like mm, okay, I gotta I gotta put this down for a second, and don't want to just jump to the next piece after that. So. Um, is there a piece in this book that you want that in your mind you like you want like if nobody reads anything else, what is the piece that you want people to like connect to? What is that piece? So, if you would have asked me, I, I understand in, it could change because you're not, yeah, honest, yeah but, I was about to say, if you would have mm-hmm. asked me in 2018, mm-hmm. I would have said and counting. Mm-hmm. Because and counting really is my life. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's similar. It's another sort of listy sort of poem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally my life, mm-hmm. um, and all the way up until 2018. Um, but now, now, if I had to choose one poem that I want everyone to to hold on to. That's tough. That's really tough because if you need to sit on it for a second, you don't have to answer yeah. right now. I'll give you some time. It's just one of those things because it's just like, Man. and like when you, it, it's one of those, it, it could be a me thing, but it's one of those pieces like you put in there, like, mm, like this is, this is, this, this, this feels even a little more uh, vulnerable than like, you know, than these other pieces because it's all mm. a, a level of vulnerability. But this particular piece, like right here, like, mm, I've never, Nobody's ever heard this piece, or you know, yeah. I, I, I haven't shared this with, with like maybe one or two people, or nobody at all, you know, that type of thing. If we're talking vulnerable pieces, I mean, it, it'd be whatever. You, I what, would, I, it's however you interpret the question. And again, you don't have to answer it right right now because I have a few more questions that I do want to get. Um, we're, we're running. I want to. I want to make sure that I, I get my questions in. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a couple well, let's, more. Let's get the questions in. Okay. I have two poems that I can answer that question with. Okay. And so. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah. All right, so from Mumbo, excuse me, from Gumbo to Mumbo. Mm-hmm. 
Tell us about it. Yo, From Gumbo to Mumbo uh, is Drew and I's two-man show, mm-hmm. um, birthed from this, uh, this hunger. A very raw hunger for uh, food after a show, mm-hmm. and uh, in we ended up going to now defunct the Heights in uh, in Columbia Heights, mm-hmm. and on the menu they had mumbo sauce and light wings with mumbo sauce, and I was like, all right, if you got wings with mumbo sauce on there, you got impressed the Southside Rider. Okay, um, so what you got first of all, because there are some people who are not from oh, yes. here, you got to explain what mumbo sauce is and why it's significant. So mumbo sauce is one of the last ba- uh, beaming like lights of uh, black DC um, as we experience gentrification. Um, mumbo sauce uh, commonly uh, paired with uh, fried chicken wings, or French fries, uh, or whatever French else. fries. Yeah, you can get it on broccoli. Yeah, you like, put whatever. It's, it's delicious. It's delicious. Yeah. It's like a, a tangy, um, sweet and tangy sort of sauce. Red sauce, usually thick. Um, sometimes spicy. Sometimes spicy, yeah, depending it, on. It like, depends on where you get it from. It's never the same. Yeah. It's never the same. It's never the same. You just know a lot of times when you look at it, like that ain't right. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. You're usually ordering it through plexiglass mm-hmm. at a uh, at a at a Chinese spot. Yeah. And um, a lot, what are the little flecks that are in it? A lot of times it's like little like little flecks in the, in yeah, the mambo sauce. It's like the, the little it's, it's red flavor life. Yeah, right? I don't know you what know? it is. It's, it looks. I think part of it's got to be duck sauce. Part of it's got to be duck sauce. So so Cristal's bacon has a song where he mm-hmm. breaks down like mm-hmm. the makings of mambo sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to put the recipe out there to the universe, but yeah. It's okay. uh it it is it is delicious. Is as, as something that's something that's dope. Uh, somebody I went to high school with actually uh, is the the uh, proprietor of Capital City Mambo Sauce. Word, bless yeah, yeah, up, yeah, 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 yeah. And I love Capital City Mambo yeah, Sauce. Yeah, so I shout out to Arsha Belton, yo. So Word. yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but but yeah, uh, uh, from Gumbo to Mumbo. The Heights had some really crappy uh, Mumbo Sauce, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, we came down to the question of what. Is what does it mean to have authentic mumbo sauce? What does it mean for uh, a place to to represent DC in its flavor, but not truly represent? Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, uh, when Drew and I started like really sitting on that, um, we started going back and forth, like making fun of the mumbo sauce and thinking about what does it mean to have something taste like home. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean for uh, a New Orleans cat who moved from New Orleans to D.C.? Um, what does home taste like to you now? Mm-hmm. Um, you've been in D.C. for longer than you were in New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know? And so how do you balance that out? Um, and then, talk about Drew, by the way. Talking about Drew Anderson. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for me, having seen D.C. drastically change, mm, like yeah. my, my high school is now uh, – a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle school or junior high school at the time uh, is now a Trader Joe's and condos. The hospital I was born at is now a Trader Joe's and condos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what does it look like? What does home look like for me when home no longer exists? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what the show is about. It's a poetry f- between Drew and I uh, in conversation. All kinds of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. It's political. It's very black. And uh, yeah, it was no- nominated for a Helen Hayes uh, for best youth production. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we won best of show at uh, the Charm City Fringe Festival. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're looking to like tour it and, and have some fun with that. Yeah, yeah. So just just throwing that out there. I know he's gonna 
pub, get a chance to pub, publicize all his stuff, you know. But uh, if you find from gumbo to mumbo in your city, like do yourself a favor, go see it. Bless up. Yeah, Bless like up. like when I the 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 level of pride I felt like I think I went to like two shows of from from gumbo to mumbo, but I, I I think I went to the last one where you guys were closing out the show. Where you got the question and answer session. I met your yeah. mother. I was about to say that was the joint that our moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I, I met Miss Anderson or whatever, and uh, we hung out afterwards. It was like a whole thing, whatever. So that was a really that was really 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 cool day. So um yeah, like definitely do yourselves a favor if you find this show in your city. It's it's worth going to go see. Um, so, from from like, what is it like to like you know put on a production like that? Then basically, it be about you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you know, it's like you know, like the joint where you had the the paper and y'all just like, yeah, you know what I'm talking that's, about? Oh yeah, that's and counting. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's a that is. It was very different. Um, so there's a moment in and counting that. I really struggled with. Um, for one, uh, my co-parent, who uh, I, I care about deeply, that's the homie. Like, you know, we may not be together, but like, I really do ride or die for Dana, like for real. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, we were not always at at such a great space. Mm-hmm. And in and counting, there is an admission of my failure as a father, right? Like, just me processing that. Mm-hmm. And so. In that piece, um, when we were rehearsing it, I would always get like caught up, like not necessarily caught up in the emotions, but like I would I would end up stumbling on the piece. Mm-hmm. And so, in rehearsal, Drew, like we were we were rehearsing, and Drew, that's also where we shift to our memorization uh, in the piece. Mm-hmm. I'll just share the the lines, right? And so, as we were rehearsing. Drew would be like, all right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get this right. Um, Steel fails, right? And then like start the bar, right? Mm -hmm. And so after like him just yelling out steel fails like a few times, I had to be like, bruh, like, like hold out on that line. Let me say that one. Cause that's really how I feel. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, and there's, there's a gift in being able to like, Work with somebody who knows you and is able to like. Once it clicks, they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took that moment of like, oh wow, like that's right. These aren't just words on a page. Mm-hmm. These are actual life experiences that we're dealing with and navigating in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the world is about to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I remember doing that piece with Darius and Dana in the crowd Mm -hmm. and like looking at Dana when I did that and just bursting into tears. And like right after that, like, like there's a moment where we turn to each other and, uh, and Drew just like put his arms around me and I just like started fucking blubbering. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was that, that, that moment that, that was priceless. And, and I feel like the family became a bit tighter after we had that moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's hard to, uh, Fix failures if you can't, you know, be human enough to uh, uh, acknowledge them and admit that. You know what I'm saying? Because we all have shortcomings, we all have mistakes. We, a lot of times we are well intentioned, and we, you know, or sometimes we just take our eye off the ball. Sometimes we just 
uh, we don't appreciate things or, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we can not be at our best. Mm -hmm. But if we can't, you know, acknowledge those things, then it's going to be damn hard to fix them. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there was a a lot of rawness in that piece. And I watched it and I was like, one of those scenes like, word, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that, that. That 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 I'm not gonna say where it was in the in, in the whole overall play, but mm. it was where it was supposed. That piece was where it was supposed to be. Where, you know what I'm saying. Thanks. So, um, yeah, okay. So, I have this thing that I want to do. Um, it's inspired by um Jamel Hill's uh, podcast, uh, Unbothered. Uh, she has something called This or That. Um, because this is flash black, I have something called the lightning round. You are the second person I'm gonna have play the lightning round. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's a couple, a couple quick questions, you know what I'm saying? Nothing, nothing too crazy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But I want to ask you these questions just saying like, like, I want you to just give me your, 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 your straight off the cuff answer. Don't, you know, <laughs> you know, try to, try to hedge, you know what I'm saying? Just give me your, give me your answer. Woo. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So the first question for the lightning round. So I'm going to preface this first. You're a little older now. Mm-hmm. You're a dad. What feels more like your comfort zone at this point? Dancing or crocheting? Dancing. Um, dancing feels like home. Crochet feels like vacation. Okay. All right. What felt wilder at the time? <laughs> Break dancing. On tour with Karis One, <laughs> or having a critically acclaimed play that you co-wrote and starred in. Yo, um, KRS One, just because that was such a ridiculous experience. <laughs> but yeah, oh man, yeah. So, so you want to you want to share a little bit of that before? So, uh, I I had the pleasure of uh, joining KRS One on tour as a break dancer, um, the break dancer for uh, a stint. Uh, I want to say this was two thousand four, mm-hmm. um, and so the I ended up the demise of urban energy. Mm. <laughs> yo, yo, <laughs> one urban... of my favorite poetry spots. Actually. Oh my gosh, yeah. urban energy. That, that was... was like the nightclub for like poets. <laughs> yo, cats, cats would. Start an open mic at 6 p.m. And, and leave at like leave. 5. Yo, yeah. it was absurd. Yeah. We would we would stop poetry, go get food, come back, watch The Matrix, and then wake up, do more poetry. I remember people playing Madden there. Uh, I played Scrabble and lost to DJ Dow, which I still vow to avenge. <laughs> uh uh Yeah, like it's like I fell asleep there and woke up and like, like yeah, it's it's... It wasn't like it wasn't the, the like the classiest spot in the world, but it was just it was all right for us. Yeah, it was it was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. So like like how did like cause like so like so Karis one fell through like urban energy one night like like he he yeah. like he linked up with metaphor metaphor somehow got you know like yeah. I heard like metaphor became like a manager or something. I don't know yep. I don't I, yeah like break yeah. it down for me so. uh K- somehow they came in contact mm-hmm. and KRS-One was actually, KRS-One was interested in Urban Energy because um, he, he's he been on a metaphysical kick, like mm-hmm. in talking about metaphysics mm-hmm. and how uh, how everything is aligned divinely. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
he contacted Metaphor and Kim, and they brought him in to UDC to do like a, a art talk and to talk about metaphysics through hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, they did an after party mm-hmm. at uh, Urban Energy. Urban Energy, okay. and then I was breakdancing at Urban Energy. Mm-hmm. Um, Metaphor became KRS One's manager. KRS was like, "Yo." What about that little breakdancing dude that was at the joint? Like, I, I banged with him. Like, he seemed cool. Um, and so I ended up taking a train. Like, I lost my job mm-hmm. at Metro Teenage, uh, Bush Cuts, you know, mm-hmm. abstinence only education was happening. Mm-hmm. They weren't paying for anything. So mm-hmm. I lost my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I came, I took a train across country from DC to LA. Mm-hmm. There was a delay in Chicago which led me to miss connecting with the tour. Mm. And so some good friends of mine, um, uh, Lindsay, uh, out in, uh, out in uh, LA, she ended up talking to some friends and they drove me from LA to Lake Tahoe um, to connect with the tour. Damn. And like, that's how it started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like that, it's such, it was such an absurd time mm-hmm. and it was so perfect. I was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up doing the Las Vegas show. I couldn't even get into the venue to do the show. Mm-hmm. So they put me and my friends up in a separate hotel mm-hmm. and like, we just hung out on the Vegas strip 20 years old, couldn't really do anything. So mm-hmm. we found all the arcades and hung out. Mm-hmm. Like it was such an absurd time. <laughs> Yo, absurd. I felt like you were gone for a minute, like a few months though, right? Yeah. I was, I was, uh, it was like three months, three okay. or four months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to hear some more stories about that because I, I never really got a chance to pick your brain about that one. Yeah. All right. So last question. And then we'll wrap up with like a, a piece of your of your of your choosing. Word. Um Don't be mad at me for this one. Go for it. Go go or hip hop. Ooh, okay. You would have asked me ten years ago, I would have said hip hop, but now I probably would say go go. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, and that's not to say like that's not to fault hip hop at all. Um, but man, like for what it represents in the city, mm-hmm. you just I, I love go go. Like like it's it's one of the last things we got. Mm-hmm. Go go and mumbo sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's you know. So yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're gonna go ahead like give us this piece, and we going. Yeah. All right. So this is a piece that. Oh man, it's so tough. Okay. Um, so this is a piece from One Color Kaleidoscope. It is in the Color Me Human section. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called On Expansion. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Let it fill you. Exhale. Inhale. Feel yourself, fill yourself. When was the last time you let your blood bubble in your toes? Felt what the follicles feel at the end. You are the toes, which are part of the body. You are the hair, which is part of the head. You are becoming more of yourself. Exhale, expand. You're filling the room and everything in it. You're absorbing the audience. You are the audience. Absorb the artist. You are the artist. You are now witnessing yourself being yourself. And you are happy. Expand. You're the room, which is part of the building. 
You are the building. You're the ceiling fan, the static clinging to the dust that remains. You're the birumbao, the hoda twang encyclical motion. Since you are the building, all of these things are within you. All of these things are you. Expand. You're the bike parked on the sidewalk, the children throwing frisbees poorly on a baseball field. You're the block, the dealing, the whitewash and guilt. You're the criminal intention and hunger. You're the hope. Expand. You're the city. Expand. You're the state. Expand. You're the East Coast fast-paced pressure. Inhale and expand. You're the Southern draw embodied, sweet grits in back alley abortions. Expand. You're this country. Split personality in debt and disillusioned. Exhale and expand. You are the world. Overheated and misunderstood. Everything is a part of you. You are a part of everything. You are everything. You are the world, which contains the country, which contains the East Coast and the state and the city and the block and the building and the room and the audience and the artists and yourself. You contain the world within yourself. Open your eyes, inhale, and expand. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dwayne B., a.k.a. the Crochet Kingpin, thank you so much for coming in, my good man. Brother, thank you for having me. Lee, you've been, you've been a gift, uh, not only as a poet and somebody that I incredibly admire, um, for all of your contributions, but also as as a as somebody who I can just like kick it and build with, like I I value your friendship uh, as much as I value your artistry. Thank you. Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, and it's the feelings mutual. So, like, where can people find your wares? Like, tell them how to find you on these on these grams and twitters and yeah. If you're looking for me. Uh, you can you can find me at crochetkingpin.com. I recognize a lot of people don't know how to spell crochet. All good. That's C-R-O-C-H-E-T-K-I-N-G-P-I-N.com. Um, I just did the 30-30. I feel really proud of that because uh, I, I wrote 30 poems and I feel like about half of them are decent. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Crochet Kingpin. I'm actually starting a podcast called uh, Poets Reading Poetry, um, and that actually launches uh, May 4th. So uh, that is on the stereo app, at Crochet Kingpin. Um, so yeah, just uh, Crochet Kingpin everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or if you see me in the streets, just say hi. Uh, I might I might do something. Um, my book is readily available um, it is on Crochet Kingpin under the uh, books section or the shop section. So if you go on there, you can definitely find it. Or you can just uh, you can just Google One Color Kaleidoscope. Uh, there isn't really anything else that's titled that on the internet. So uh, yeah, uh, check it out. And I am dropping something in December. I will leave it at that. Uh, so definitely keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Lee, you're the first person to know. Like you're the first person that I, that's that I've mentioned that with. So, Since yeah. you're dropping something in December, there, and we don't know what it there's, is. There's there's a book that is coming in December. There's a book. Okay. Um, so it'll be uh it'll be a conversation between the uh the, the me from mm. 20 years ago and mm. me currently. Okay. Um. So okay. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Dupeness, dupeness. All right. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, this is www.flashblackradio.com. You can find us on these internets, uh, the, the website that I just mentioned. We are on Twitter at Flash Black Radio. We are also at Flash Black News. If you want to know what's going on in the world, the country, your state, your city, you know, we just try to like get stuff that's like uh, relevant and pertinent to the community at large. Um, also, if you want to look at us on IG, Flash Black Radio also on facebook i don't know how much longer i keep saying that but yeah right now we're still on facebook uh we have a group and a page flashback radio or you can just check out flashback you just search flashback you'll find us um also podcast apple music um stitcher um spotify we're, we're on all well not all but many of your favorite uh hosting services as far as podcasts go so check us there and as always, thank you for your love and support. Please continue to come back. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. And as always, stay blessed. Stay woke. One. This podcast was created exclusively for Flash Black Radio, a subsidiary of Indira LLC. This podcast was produced and edited by Lee Bennett III. And... The super dope intro and outro music is provided by Willis Miles Jr. of OJ Miles Music. You can check him out on SoundCloud.